Hello, my name is Kiriko. I'm a co-host of the Celebrating Cinema podcast. And usually I'm the full, reserved, slightly underwhelmed type of character, except for when it comes to Twilight. Twilight makes me the squeakish, high-pitched voice, screaming type of gal. Um, and I hope that I'm not the only one here tonight uh, who shares that feeling. Can we get Edward Cullen on the screen? Thank you. <laughs> so the release of Twilight in 2008 marked for me a moment of intense obsession, which is a feeling that I never really had after that. And what happened was week after week, me and my high school girlfriends would go to the cinema and literally scream when we would see Edward Cullen um, <laughs> in Twilight. And it was the moment that I also decided that this hot, mysterious, and you know, slightly problematic, and also potentially very dangerous character by the name of Edward Cullen was all that I was looking for in a man. And um, it, it's it, at the cinema when you know we went for these special moments, which maybe some of you who have seen this movie a couple of times know. You know, it's that moment with the Raven Wayfarers when he puts his arm around her shoulder, or, you know, it's the skin thing, like the most glamorous thing ever, or, you know, the fact that he creeps up to her bedroom at night and just like watches her in her sleep without her knowing. It's like, I, I guess I just didn't quite know what, you know, toxic codependency was at the time. But anyway, it, it's clear to me at least that this film has had a huge impact on my life. And I would say in retrospect, I have only come to understand this a little bit better. And I was thinking about you know, preparing this talk and then I thought, hmm, maybe I can just show you in the next slide, um, Tom. So these are three photos of the three boys that I dated when I was in <laughs> high school. <laughs> Or their hairdos, I would say. <laughs> um, it's, you know, they were just Dutch wannabe versions of Edward Cullen, and I totally fell for it. And, you know, they were also the mysterious, I don't really like to talk type of guys. And, you know, I, I just envisioned my life in folks Washington with them. The reason why I'm saying this is that I know that I'm not the only one who has lived through this experience because either you were me falling for the, you know, weird, mysterious hairdo nerd, or you were the guy with this hairdo being mysterious. That's just the way this film has impacted our life. And for those of you who are here tonight and who are seeing this film for the first time, um, get ready to learn a lot about the people who you spent time with 15 years ago, because a lot will become clear to you. Um, you know, it's the reason why we fell for the wrong men. But it's also, for me at least, the reason um, how I fell in love with going to the cinema. Um, okay, let's watch the film. And I'm super excited to also talk with you guys uh, after the podcast, oh sorry, after the screening. So please stay um, for the podcast recording. Okay, enjoy. <laughs>
you're impossibly fast and strong. You gotta give me some answers. I'd rather hear your theories. I have considered radioactive spiders and kryptonite. It's all superhero stuff, right? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? You know what you are. Your skin is pale white and ice cool. You don't go out into the sunlight. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. This isn't real. This kind of stuff just doesn't exist. It doesn't my world. Kiriko, let's start with you. First thoughts, what was it like to watch it again for the first time and how long? <laughs> I think the last time I watched it is like around five years ago. I've rewatched it like the, every couple of years or so. But every single time I rewatch it, I, I make sure to not watch it, you know, too often. But it's, it's, it's something very much like psychotherapy. You just <laughs> watch it and understand so much of your behavior. And also, you know, in the moment you're able to sort of reanalyze yourself and like yeah what's it called emdr type of uh, experience <laughs> Expo- <laughs> exposure say. theory yes very much <laughs> so yeah to see edward again um very special very special but but also it's um quite boggling to me how as a teenager watching this i never for one single moment realized that his behavior is so crazy <laughs> and scary <laughs> Um, you know, a man who continuously pushes you away is, you know, I, I learned now a bad thing, but as a child, I, I never so uh, realized the, this. the lion falling in love with the lamb is actually not a good thing? That's what you're saying? No. <laughs> I mean, at the time, it was the most romantic thing that could happen to you. And I totally fell for that idea. Yeah, I think all of us watching it was a very different experience now than it was then i don't think we were all laughing quite the same can i can i just <laughs> give a shout out to everybody in the room because watching it with you was like an emotional roller coaster so <laughs> maybe just like a big applause for everybody that's still here with you guys <laughs> it was so much fun like the first time i i saw this film was actually you know in high school and you know i was just with a lot of guy friends and we always thought that we were too cool to watch Twilight because it seemed like a chick thing. And we were making like so much fun of it that after a while we said to each other, like, dude, we're like dunking on this film and we don't even know what it's about. You know, <laughs> that's kind of crazy as well. Um, so we decided to just rent it and watch it. And we're like, oh, it's actually a pretty good movie. <laughs> and that was it. You know, it didn't really make that big of an impact. So revisiting it, you know, it's it's funny because Catherine Hardwick, the director, when we interviewed her, at the end, you know, it was Elliot, Tom, and me having a conversation with her. This is an insane story. At the end, she was like, okay, boys, well, tell me something. Did you actually, after watching this film, get the Edward haircut to get more girlfriends? And we were like, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently that was like a massive thing. So just seeing it now in the cinema uh, was perplexing and amazing. And I feel like... I'm activating a part of my teenage <laughs> self again. It was well, a- I think Tom recently watched the film for the first time, and I see a slight change in your hairdo. In, in, uh, in <laughs> <laughs> how how has this film impacted you uh, recently? Uh, I was uh, I'm a bit older than you two, and for me, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was my jam, 
and not Twilight. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so uh, I think I saw parts of this film throughout the years, and by doing that, I saw it in, in its entirety. I had thought, and then re-watching it now, uh, <laughs> it's hard to describe. So uh, I am the programmer of Lab 111, uh, and uh, when I started working here six years ago, when they hired me, I said one thing. In five years, I will screen Twilight as a cult movie, and it's going to sell out. And everybody here said, you were fucking crazy. <laughs> Tomorrow, we're screening the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and this screening almost felt like what we're going to do tomorrow, except for all the rice throwing and shit that we'll do with the Rocky Horror. But, I, I mean, this was like a really nice communal cringe, but also heartfelt experience with you all here. I really had the feeling that when I said that, like, five years ago, it, it was because I had experienced Twilight through a female friend of mine who was really into Twilight, and I think she went on the entire binge of Twilight and then to Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Fifty Shades just to see what was it, going on. It's a pipeline. Really. It's a pipeline. Yeah, yeah, it's a pipeline, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and she always said to me, like, there's something so... There's something so incredibly honest with especially this film that Catherine, when we interviewed her, actually, we, especially I tried to sort of ask her, like, did she want to make it this, you know, it's, it is quite corny. And she was just really animated about the fact that she was making a film about teen love and wasn't really even thinking about this sort of cult following that, would, that, it, would, um, that it would get. It was, so she made it from a very sort of honest uh, obsession with teen romance in a way, I guess. She was like, oh yeah, this is a film that I made because I wanted to pe have people to feel like the first time they fell in love. And and that is in there, but it's also so incredibly turned up to 11 that there are <laughs> moments where you're like, whoa, what is happening here? But I, li I liked it about a lot about films in general and it's like, this is 2008, right? Right, That's yeah. Where you, yeah, so... It's at this critical juncture of mainstream films as well. This is the year that the first Iron Man gets released, which is, uh, like, I think guilty of many, many crimes in film. Mostly, is, it's because there's, like, these Marvel movies, they don't play sincerity anymore. Like, all the emotions, all the emotional connection that you can have with the story is always downplayed by sarcasm and uh, irony. There's like this irony-built distance in all the relationships between people in all of these movies. Like, there's people married in those films and you don't even realize, like, they could be bantering like they're, like, cousins or just friends from high school or something. There's, like, <laughs> no emotional connection. And then you have a film like this. This is very different than and that. And that's from that, very yeah. different. And it's, like, it plays its emotions right on its sleeve, but, like, in such a heartfelt, extreme way that you do kind of have to accept them and feel them as well like it's it's a it's it's wrong you know but you do kind of like yeah you get that tummy feeling from i mean the you heard well. the applause when yeah. they when they arrive at the school right which yeah. is like such an iconic scene so there's iconic. also some weird daddy issues with everybody cheering <laughs> 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 so, well, there some. is there are some very 
There are a lot of parent issues in this film. I mean, what is what is the deal with her mother constantly? When yeah, she I'm wants to experience young sex again through I'm, through I'm, her daughter or something? I'm just gonna say this is not a movie about daddy issues. This is what happens when your mommy leaves you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I met with Carlisle. There was a lot of applause oh, for him yeah. as well. He's well, just a hottie. I mean, yeah. Before we come to you and ask what your your experience was to watch it again, maybe we can discuss why we chose Twilight as our first film to show and discuss. Yeah. Well, one of the things was what I just said, like I really wanted to screen it after all these years, but our podcast is very much about even though we hadn't really discussed that when we started out like how many episodes ago this is what you should know. Trivia for the producer. This will be our 25th episode. This will. Oh, anniversary time. It ended up being very much about about nostalgia. And uh, uh, I think the experience that we had here is also very much about nostalgia, right? I mean, many of, uh, I made the joke earlier, many of the women in this room used to be girls and had experience. <laughs> Where's this going? Yeah, yeah I know. Like, well, <laughs> so you can, you can hear me do this on the podcast every week. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is what people love me digging my own grave. <laughs> you go want on, to explain what the podcast I'm, is about, I'm, Hugo? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like we're all getting, like, we've all grown up with the nostalgia of our parents and the older generation. And it's a distinctly unique experience to go through the culture that you've been brought up with and experience nostalgia for it because we're becoming older we're becoming more affluent so we can buy stuff that reminds us of the good old days but culture has changed a lot as well like i said about that irony build thing like a film like this is such a weird time capsule it's amazing it's incredible it aged so badly and so good at the same time it's very powerful like the music, oh my god! <laughs> like the guitar music. It is could be a, like a, like a music video for Linkin Park. Yeah, <laughs> like the entire yeah. thing. So I think there's something that to experience that feeling that the nostalgia factory basically is happening in real time for your lifetime is daunting and weird, but it's also kind of fun and but it's also kind of fucked up, and that's what we've os- often discussed. You know what? how the movies that we saw when we were young made us and then we changed and then we want to revisit those movies and it learns us something about ourselves. go. that's why I really loved your intro as well because, you know, in our podcast, we often kind of also try to wear our emotions on our sleeve and use film to talk about life as well. Like the first time we met was during the fucking pandemic and we were like mm. immediately discussing all the issues with the first episode. So I'm very grateful for... Like your boyfriend collage and <laughs> <laughs> your like teenage uh, memories. But to come back to that, was it weird to revisit this film and also give this introduction with an audience and no, share that? No, I, because I think for the first time um, in my life with Twilight, <laughs> I've had the experience that the decisions that I made based on watching this film as a teenager. Um, were shared because I felt like we. I was you in felt a scene. <laughs> no, I felt I felt uh, as if I was part of a community because I was in a room full of people who have the same. I wouldn't say trauma. What is like the positive word for trauma? <laughs> like the you know, like we have the same childhood in to some extent, and this and therefore also 
I don't know, is the, is a shared taste in men is something very intimate, I think. Or at least that's what I felt while watching this film with you guys. You also said it was sort of your first window into loving film yeah. in your intro. Could yeah, you perhaps yeah, yeah. speak a bit more about that? Um, well, there is a thing which I've very often mentioned in our podcast before. It's just that I've sort of closed myself off to emotions when it comes to watching films. I, I've never cried watching a movie. It just never happens. And Tom and I cry all the time, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um, but then, you know, this film, it gives me a very physical reaction, which is the... the the feeling that I need to scream, which is, <laughs> I think, a different way of, you know, letting out your emotions when you're watching a film. So what was the question again? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would how would, like, generated your love for film? I would kickstart yeah, yeah, yeah. this kind of, like, so, passion so as well. having the sensation of l being able to let out an emotion is, I think, a reason why a lot of us watch film. Mm. And I think I learned that watching Twilight. Um... But I'm also curious to know, yeah. this was nostalgic for a lot of us, but is there a, people who watched this movie for the first time this night? Hey. Work. Nice. Yes. First impressions. Yeah, let's go. Hi. Hey. Hi. Um, so for me... What's your name? Uh, Fabien. Sorry. Hello, Fabien. Um, so for me, it feels really weird because <laughs> I, I, I loved it, but I feel like I love it for the wrong reason. <laughs> and... Um, I feel guilty because like I, I feel like I'm betraying the directors and <laughs> the writers at the same time because wow. I'm not loving it for the right reason. Guilt is know? a strong emotion. <laughs> I, I love the, the, the entire film. So <laughs> yeah, it, it feels bad. And also I wonder what I would have felt like watching this movie when I was 14 when it came out. So yeah, I feel like I missed out. What do you think were the wrong reasons? Why did you love it though? Um, the cringe, uh, <laughs> yeah, and all the 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 acting feels like off and 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 wrong and at the same time very right. Like yes. it's very it's weird. Very it's special. not something you see these days. Uh, I feel like yeah. yeah, like you said, it's a time capsule. Yeah, yeah nice. Thank you, Fabian. There are times, I agree, where it is almost like looking at Tommy Wiseau's The Room, where you think like, what? Wait, <laughs> why? Why do you, why do you make it that way? It almost has the same audience participation. Oh yeah, well. yeah, like, no, that, yeah. I was amazed sure. by that. Yeah, we, we could make this a tradition if you want. We could yeah. do this like every year. <laughs> but then we're gonna do then we're gonna do quote and monologues because yeah. you know it's <laughs> that was the thing that I took away this time. It is like the f most frigid film ever. Yeah, like like. It's a your, like your girlfriend it's said to go. It's like a it's a Mormon's wet dream, yeah. but then without <laughs> the, without the wet dream, it's like the entire movie is going like I need to have sex with this woman, but express it in such a way that it's about killing her and, <laughs> and also still being in high school. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 glorious. But it's glorious. Isn't that what makes the acting brilliant though as well? Because they play like a very they have to play this very constipated desire, you know? And um, nice, nice, yeah. nice. Well it's, done. It's not easy to get that across, but I feel like they did actually a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, I was also that, quite right? surprised by how 
well the i mean in my, oh my in my God, in my memory Jesus. it was a lot worse yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i want to i want to okay worse. so we had the first time reaction but i want to know who's like this who's the super fan you know who's seen who's seen this film like yeah yes. there we are. yeah who's, how many times have you seen the film in 2022 i've seen the film like 10 times wow last Big year applause for you uh, what happened no, in 2022 no, I've, even, I've even had like a well a drinking night and I invite like all of my friends. You do a drinking game with it? Yeah. How does what's that the, work? What's the rules? What's well, the... I've had some, some like one of the rules was like, if someone says monkey, you have to take a shot. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Spider monkey. But, um, then I had another rule. If someone looks constipated. Hey, yeah. But yeah. then everyone would get really fucking drunk. Jesus, that's yeah, why you're we, drunk like, in 15 minutes. Um, yeah. yeah, that's why we... Uh, party on until eight in the morning <laughs> 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 and only watch two movies and um i really don't know like yeah when bella falls another shot if uh edward catches her and <laughs> 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 then this is a dangerous game that is a dangerous game yeah i'd like gummy worms because the quote look bella it's a worm yeah <laughs> 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 and there's a meme of me saying the santa the Santa Junge is still the Santa because <laughs> I said it in every scene because I wanted everyone to shut up because it was this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which scene? Every, every scene. Every scene. I was doing that to Tom as well. I was like, oh, this is a pretty good scene. Oh, this is a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, and then I said to you, no, my favorite scene is coming up. It's where he doesn't have a bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm, that might be my favorite scene. Davey C. You don't, you, don't, you don't have a bed? You have so much music. <laughs> what are you playing now? Davey C. <laughs> Claire the Loon is pretty good. Like, what is happening? Get off the bong, Stephanie Myers. I was forced to play the piano since I was four, and I've always hated it, except for playing Claire de Lune because of this film. <laughs> wait, I, wait! I want to hear one thing from the Twilight drinking thing. What was it like now to see it in an audience with people with less shots? <laughs> well, I've still had enough of beer. Nice. <laughs> that's just my thing. But um, it was great. But like, I've seen the movie so many times, so I could like quote everything. And it drove everyone sane around me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you annoying the rest of the people? <laughs> and I was saying like, okay, she's gonna fall. And like, three, <laughs> two, one, go. Yeah. Maybe this is why I was never an Edward guy because uh, that that was me with Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring when I was a teenager. I right. was a Lord of the Rings nerd. I was never a Twilight hunk, you know. So it's maybe uh. Different, different pipeline, you know? I guess so, I yeah. radicalized in a different fashion, that's, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> hey, let's find out some more memories, perhaps. Anybody remember what it was like to watch it for the first yeah, time? Who wants to share, yeah, who wants to share a powerful Twilight story? Look at the enthusiasm yeah, there. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> I can't even explain to you how much I stand this movie. Nice. Like, I made a Twilight fan club after watching it for the first time. Wow. Oh my God. Two members. Like, <laughs> it was a big deal nice. <laughs> to me, at least. So this is like an amazing experience. I've never seen it in theaters. So you I'm feel like, vindicated now. No, or... this is like the moment. <laughs> this is the moment. I was too young to watch it in cinema, but now I'm here. Oh, wow. Nice. So this is, this is a big. healing moment. No, this is healing. Yes. This is like my inner child screaming. Yes. <laughs> Freaking out, but... <laughs> Anybody else that remembers watching it for the first time that would like to share? 
There's, there's, so, one, there's so there's many one, people, people being constipated yeah. now. Yeah. Constipated <laughs> desire to say mm-hmm. something. Wait. <laughs> Elliot almost falling like Bella. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I watched it for the first time during the pandemic or hey. right before. So the next two and a half years were essentially nonstop Twilight Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> New Moon, Breaking Dawn, Eclipse 1 and 2. And this used to be my housemate during that time. So I would just come out of my room with a new theory every couple of days with no introduction <laughs> and just be like, when they were standing in the rain, like, no, we're talking about Twilight now. Just start talking. And she immediately knew <laughs> what I was going on about. And she was there because she's an original fan. Wow. So it was wow. nice to experience it from scratch so late in the game. Nice. And cool. what kind of theories did you develop? I don't even remember. It's very, <laughs> very strange moment for all of us. You know how you kind of went crazy during like one and a half years in, in the pandemic? Uh, yeah. Imagine <laughs> watching this film for the first time and then, no joke, watching it every single day afterwards for months. That was what was <laughs> happening here. But I'd seen, I used to have it on DVD. So I watched it every single week after I first got into it. So it was like, hmm, so... When he says uh, spider monkey, and I'm like, I want to hear this. <laughs> Hit me with the theory. But they were very scatterbrained, so I can't. And sometimes not even the full movie, just like 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the day, depending on the scene. Just, just a little shot. Yeah. Like cinematic safe space. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, it was great. <laughs> so the first time I saw Twilight, I'd already read the books. And I like saved up my little pennies to buy the DVD for the mm. first film. Like I was so excited, and I brought it to my grandma's house, and <laughs> <laughs> I put it on. Like where this is going? No, and my grandma like she she is not really like pro TV. Like she's very much like fifteen minutes is enough. And I watched the film, and it was about to be the scene where they were gonna kiss for the first time, mm-hmm. and she was like, "It's enough TV for the day." Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And I couldn't finish. I had to watch it the next day. This reminds me. This reminds me of the time when I played a Nirvana CD for my grandfather, and he was like, looking at me like, "This boy is sick. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't do that stuff with your grandparents. They would never understand." <laughs> oh, she wasn't watching it with me, and oh. she didn't know oh. what she was. There was just a oh. timer. That it went was off. the timer. Like oh she God. didn't know. Like he just entered the room. I knew what was coming, and then she was like, "No, it's enough." Right. That's right, right, that's right, cruel. Right. That's right, cruel. Right, right, right. Okay. I wonder, no? Like, I said earlier before we watched the film that I realize now in retrospect that a large part of my life has been influenced by this film. Does anyone have that as well? Or, <laughs> yes. It's not influenced, but I just suddenly realized how much this is a movie for broken girls. <laughs> <laughs> Who. Um, this is starting to become a support group. (laughs) (laughs) It's what we do here. So it's a movie for girls who have had to do without their father. So this this movie teaches you that you have to win your father back. And you can kind of survive it through meeting a very old man. (laughs) No, sorry, he's been 17 for a long time, okay? And then... And then you step on your father's heart, and that's how you grow up. Wow. Wow. It was, Uh, yes. You step on your father's heart by saying 
the coldest thing <laughs> a daughter has ever said to a father. But also that moment, but I guess that's also growing up, that moment to me had never been cold as watching it as a teenager. And only now I'm realizing what she had done. Like at the time, it it, it sounded like the most normal thing to yeah, do because, because, because you, just she, need, you just need to get away. Yeah, she moment, needs, yeah, she needs to get away. So then like Edward can suddenly pop on in the car from next to her like, your father will forgive you. I mean the moment at 11 in the morning when he's at his second can of half liter beers. Yeah, while, cle- while cleaning his shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what dads do. Yeah, that's what yeah. dads do. You know, there's another hand here. Yeah, uh, thank you for the for this movie. I it's been a while for me to have such a good laugh. And it's also very uh, weird to, to feel like that because uh, I first watched this movie like, uh, back like over 10 years ago by that time I never find this movie can be so funny yeah. <laughs> so hilarious I was simping for Edward like uh, and, you know <laughs> like oh, oh my god so so cool so so handsome blah 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 <laughs> like that but th- today it's I, I and also I fell for their romance and I want to I want so hard to be beaten by a vampire it's yeah. kind of <laughs> in- inspired me <laughs> and I started my obsession with all this kind of vampire shit. And <laughs> and yeah, I just uh today I watched this again. I um I really I how these years changed me that I cannot mm. use the same way to watch this movie, but it's still That's amazing. Nice. That's yeah, yeah, it's still a giving Prussian me good, good pleasure, but in a different way. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Like, are I, you are you here together? So you you brought him. He brought me actually. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh that's, that's commitment. That's I didn't see he saw it and he wants to watch it. I, I mean why not? I love it. This great. is what Twilight does. What a great yeah, day. It brings people together. <laughs> well, w- Amazing. I I wanna like maybe I wanna, you know, talk a b- little bit about God, like it's been a while since we had a good vampire movie though. It's like I don't know. It was so fun to see see this film as well. And there's there's not enough of those kind of like cool, fun, sexy vampire movies. I was wondering what your favorites are post Twilight or before Twilight. Well, my I think the only other vampire movie that I would gladly rewatch is that there is one vampire movie. I forgot the name, but it's produced by Andy Warhol. Oh yeah. Uh, with Do you guys know what the name is? Hmm? With Udo Kier, flesh, flesh for Dracula, Drac- something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Which is, I would say, the complete opposite of this film. It's the saddest, least attractive Dracula that I have ever seen in my life. Who? What's the story again? It's something very weird. I can't remember. I, I only remember that Udo Kier is in it. I think, like, all the girls are hot, and then he needs to suck the virgin's blood. But that sounds then sad, man. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I can't remember. What, what Sorry, is it with this is not a very good. and sex, like, mm-hmm. well, like uh, I rem- even, like I mentioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I must, but mentioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I only remember like the sexy Spike and uh, what was his? What was her name? Can't remember. God, I'm we old. just can't remember shit. I can't remember shit. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool story. I'm too old. It was the Spanish influenza. I remember <laughs> when I became a vampire. <laughs> There's this movie by Claire Denis, Trouble Every Day, which is, to be honest, the best title for a vampire movie, Trouble Every Day. It has one of the most like 
bloody, like gnarly scenes where there's like a woman and she's kind of like shot in a house. It's a crazy scene, actually. She's like boarded up in a house because she's like a vampire, but she just ate somebody. So she's like completely covered in gore and it's it's filthy. It's like dirty, but she's like, it is so sensual because Claire Denis, she's like this big French art house director. She made a film with Robert Pattinson, High Life. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm we can like, leave the room if you want. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just like spitting, but she's like the, she finds a way to have that erotically charged aspect of the vampire and put it in like such a grimy, realistic, uh, aesthetic setting that it's like, at the one hand, it's one of the most like alluring, beautiful things. And it's, insanely terrifying so that won't that won't really got me um it's like maybe twilight for grown-ups <laughs> i don't know maybe nice. who knows maybe we should screen sometime yeah who knows sure yeah <laughs> sure now we're only screening vampire movies from now on <laughs> by the way actually while while we're on the subject who now wants me to screen the other ones as well oh yeah Yes, oh, wow. yes. oh my god that's what i thought this is gonna be a series now this is gonna be yeah. so how long will that marathon be then it's they're all two five hours films right? yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah there are other ones <laughs> <laughs> i think we can book plenty of people to give an introduction Whoa, as well yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> Oh, live commentary. I oh, like wow. that. I think we already have a few people in the audience who could do that for yeah. us. You know, back in the silent film days, you would have like people in the cinema and they would explain in real life what's happening in front of the cinema. Maybe we can do that. Like turn the audio a bit <laughs> lower. Hugo is also born and then, during the Spanish like, And then we're just so. like, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm also born like or died during this or like, become a vampire. Like back in 1918, we would screen <laughs> movies and people would talk in like during the movies. Um, we, maybe we can do that. It's actually a pretty good idea. It is proof that we need a quote along. I mean, I was whispering in your ear when they were kissing, and the winner for MTV's Best Kiss goes to. <laughs> Does anybody actually know if they won Best Kiss for that kiss? Nice. For every movie. Did they win guys. for every movie? Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like, before we wrap up, can we just acknowledge how fantastic it is to see Kirsten Stewart and Robert Pattinson, like, play, like, you called it, like, what was it? Weird acting or almost good acting or not quite good acting? But they were actually like pretty brilliant. And how insane is it that Kirsten Stewart now in one month will be the president of the jury of the Berlinale Film Festival. She's like one of the youngest people to ever yeah, be yeah, the yeah. jury of one of the most prestigious film festivals in the world. How amazing that Robert Pattinson played in some of the craziest fucking movies that we've seen in the last couple of years. Yeah. This was truly like two icons. Yeah. I, you know, like, and I, I think know. it's, I, well, I wasn't at the interview that you guys did with Catherine Hardwick. And for those of you who haven't listened to it, I really recommend it because she's, she very passionately and deeply goes into the preparations that she did with uh, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart on how their chemistry would flourish on screen. And it's really interesting to listen to how she, I don't know, well, she also just made that relationship happen. So <laughs> I, I don't know, it, it's, it's really fun to listen to. So I, I recommend that. So maybe if there's like final remarks or questions or like things that people want to put out, that's like, now is a good moment. Now it's time to share. I was thinking about like the question of 
what kind of good vampire movies we have today. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe in some weird way we can see bones and all. It's like oh yeah, mm. it's like right. cannibalism, and I feel like that has the same uh, like relationship between like this very dangerous element of something not quite human, but at the same time that very endearing love story, just like Twilight. Yeah, you're maybe very in a right. less cringe way, but yeah. Well, I like I bet that he has seen Twilight in preparation for Bones and all. Has to, has to. Twilight marathon. Yeah. And I mean, like, Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong is <laughs> the Robert Patterson of our time, in a, in a way. He yeah. wish. He's yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. yeah. Sure, wish. Come sure. on, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Um, final, final thoughts, r- remarks? <laughs> uh, when is the next one? Yeah, well, then we'll have to side-eye Tom here a little bit. Uh, are we then also going to report a podcast for that one? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, so the whole the podcast will just evolve into a Twilight <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that would be a nice character arc for us. Maybe yeah. there's, maybe there's a market there. <laughs> Email tom at lab111.com <laughs> as much as you can. You will like that. And uh, I'm sure it will, we will make it happen. Right, Tom? I am a masochistic lion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we end tonight, you know, I wanted to touch upon fanfic. Have as any of you like you'd had the fan club? Did you also write fanfic? Okay. Was there anybody that wrote Twilight fanfic? <laughs> I, so I wanted to touch upon it because it's an integral aspect of the Twilight culture is the fanfic, and I think I don't want to do for the Dutch people a rode orchis thing because that there's a different space for that. But I thought it was very funny to browse to. Like Twilight fanfic, and I have written like, or no, I've written, I've written, <laughs> I've written the. I wanted to say I've read the. This 50 is so Shades. what I hoped. Right. I've, yes. I've, no, I've read the Fifty Shades of Grey books. If I would have written them, I would not be sitting here because I would be filthy rich. But I've read them, and there were uh, a confounding experience as well. But I wanted to like leave you with one fanfic, but I also wanted to make it safe for work. So I found one that I thought was good for everybody also because it's not long. Um, and you might not like it because it's controversial. <laughs> it's called, Why Sonic the Hedgehog is Better Than Edward Cullen. <laughs> it, there's, it's, three, it's bracketed in three points. Power. Sonic is much stronger than Edward. I bet if Sonic were human, he'd have an eight pack from all the running he does. Edward has no special transformations, yet Sonic has several. Sonic's transformations are really good and make Sonic stronger, quicker, and possibly smarter. Edward can run pretty fast, I'll give him that, but Sonic can run faster than the speed of sound. And in Sonic X, it is mentioned quite a few, Sonic can run at the speed of sound. There's no proof Edward can run that fast. (laughs) If you you disagree with this, comment. (laughs) Looks. This is, this is controversial. Yes. There are lots of people who say Edward is good looking. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't agree. <laughs> Sonic is much better looking than some vampire. Yes, I know Sonic's a hedgehog. For starters, <laughs> Sonic is blue. Blue is one of the best colors in the world. And yet, Edward is, well, normal. <laughs> How boring. Secondly, I think Sonic's eyes are just better. I'm no fan of Twilight, <laughs> so I don't know what Edward's eye color is. Doesn't it what? change when he turns into a vampire? Question mark. But I am positive no one can get better eyes than 
Sonic. <laughs> also, Sonic's hair, I mean, seriously, it's so cool. <laughs> what they do, this is the last point, then I'll leave you. This is in all caps. Sonic saves the freaking world every day while Edward just protects Bella. <laughs> I know Edward does more than that, but I don't think he's as heroic as Sonic. Sonic is a hero. Without him, many people would die and the world would be taken over by Eggman. Edward just protects Bella. Maybe save few people once or something, but Sonic risks his life for anyone and everyone. Plus, a good thing about Sonic is that he doesn't have to control himself not to hurt anyone. He doesn't have to hide from himself as well. Well, that was why Sonic was better than Edward. <laughs> Bye. Okay, let's credit the author. Bye, Hugo like... Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where's the name of the ride? Oh, by Sonic's Little Angel. <laughs> <laughs> um, Twilight fanfic, it exists. It, there is a huge economic pipeline behind it, but look it up online. It's a, it's a marvelous world out there. We're like only grasping the surface here. Wait, did you write this fanfic? <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I did. But in New Moon, Edward takes off his shirt, and he has like this beautiful six-pack. But <laughs> actually it's drawn on, because Robert Pattinson refused to work out, just like in Batman. So, Sonic the Hedgehog had like an eight-pack, but it was all natural. Wow. And Edward wow. had a drawn-on six-pack. See, wow. there you have it. My respect for Sonic the Hedgehog is yeah. really going the up now. The proof is in the motherfucking pony. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Before we uh, close this podcast, we'd like to just remind you to have a listen to the Catherine Hardwick interview, and that's available on all your platforms. And as I said before, if you share, follow, leave a review, we get bigger guests, the bigger we get. Hopefully, we're going to get our Pat sometime soon and Kristen Stewart. Who knows? Well, you know, you're trading it <laughs> us with a good time. Yeah, but we'd like to thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed it. You'll be able to listen back to this episode probably next week. And yeah, this is Celebrating Cinema. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much fun. Thank you for being here with us. <laughs>